All right, so I challenge you guys at church to bring Christ back in Christmas. Let's make this season a great one, right? So some of the things you could do is have a um, Christmas Bible reading plan, right? From I think the, I think the app is called Life Church. It's a Bible app on on your device, and you can look at your app store for the Bible app. And I think it's I think it's called Life Church. No, you version, you version. Stop playing, you version. Right. And so you can look up different Bible reading plans. So get a reading plan. I challenge you to fast one day. Right. But not, you know, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. Don't don't starve yourself. But like, you know, give up a meal and open the Bible. Right. Starve your flesh. Feed your soul. I challenge you to listen to more Christian music, Christian Christmas music. Watch a Christian Christmas movie. And decorate the house. I was at the Panana house and they have a beautiful Christmas tree. And I challenge you to prioritize joy, celebration, and worship. Intentionally plan for joy, for challenges, find their own way into your lives. Isn't that so true? A few weeks ago, I spoke about the simplicity of faith, right? Spiritual ABCs. Admit, believe, confess, right? Admit you're a sinner, believe Jesus Christ is Lord, and confess him as Lord. We talked about justification, right? That Jesus came down. God came down to justify us, to reconcile, to, to squash the beef, right? To get us in good standings with the Father. And then we're called, after justification, we're called the sanctification, right? So God came down, and now he calls his uh, saints to come out, right? To come out the world. Not to live in a cave, right? Not to live in a tent in Central Park. But to come out where we realize we're in this world, but not of this world, and that we desire to um, learn to enjoy God, right? And learn to sanctify ourselves. And then uh, eventually we go to glorification. When one day this body is expired and that we'll be in heaven with the Lord. Like he when he was on the cross, he told the thief, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. So justification, sanctification, and glorification. We learned that a few weeks ago. And then Chaplain Pete talked the message, a reflection of a chaplain. He said, someone brought me to church. Are you someone, someone? Do you have three people in mind for 2024 to bring to church? They said, someone served me and allowed me to belong before I believe. Are you a person that when somebody comes to church and they haven't been there a long time, you're like, hey, we miss you. And then you just make them feel back at home. Right, or maybe you're serving at the Christmas Eve service, and someone's brand new, and you give them an extra French toast, and you're like, "Thank you for coming." <laughs> that big idea, he said. No, another big idea, he said. Someone prayed with me, not just for me, with me, and someone believed in me. And he talked about paying and praying it forward. Man, Pete's message was so good. Oh, sister, they said she said, "Merry Christmas." That's what's up. And then I talked about embracing the fullness of God's promises to live a Zoe, Shalom, and cruciform life, right? And um, Zoe life is abundant life. It represents that we have uh, God's super and our natural. Then Shalom represents peace, that, that our hope it gives us peace that surpasses understanding. And then the cruciform life is that we desire to have a vertical relationship with God that feeds our horizontal relationship with people. We love God with all our heart, and we love others as we love ourselves. The last week I spoke about the three C's of Christmas and Christmas 101, right? Christmas celebrates 
the birth of Jesus Christ, a pivotal event in Christian faith, symbolizing God's love for humanity, a time for joy, reflection, and gratitude, where Christ followers worldwide commemorate Jesus' arrival as Savior, bringing hope and a new beginning. This holiday fosters love, peace, and community spirit. And I talked about the three C's of Christmas, right? Christ, the characters, people around them, and the celebration. And we often find what we truly seek. And I pray that you will seek Christ in Christmas. So today we're going to talk about the five M's of Christmas. First, no, let's look at John. John chapter 1, verse 14. So the word became human and made his home or, or in, the, in the Greek tabernacle among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Praise the Lord. So today the five M's is this, right? You can screenshot this. This is the whole survey. The meaning, Christ, uh, Christmas celebrates the birth of Christ, symbolizing God's love and the hope for salva uh, salvation of humanity. Two, the miracle is marked by miracles. There's prophecies fulfilled, the virgin birth, and angelic proclamations. Three, there was a mess. Christ had a humble beginning, right? And, and that child, that's a beautiful story for some of us who had humble beginnings. Four, message. There's a message. The core message of Christmas is the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, who comes to reconcile humanity and reign as spiritual king, offering a path to redemption. Then the last M is a mission. Christmas inspires believers to live out their faith through service, growth in spirituality, and the expansion of our beautiful Christian community, embodying the love and teaching of Christ. Let's go into meaning, right? The essence of Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus Christ's birth and God's gift to humanity, bringing hope, love, and salvation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the New Living Translation. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, right? And so we have, we have this revelation this inspiration, this understanding, right? That gets uh, more and more crystal clear to us every year as we serve the Lord, right? That God came down as Jesus. So I want to read the scripture in Matthew 16, verse 13 to 16, because there's a question that we all have to answer. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, who do people say the son of man is? Well, they said, repli replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, you are the, not a, the Messiah. Not a son of a living God, the son of a living God. And so we have to answer that question, who is Jesus, right? You know, I, I read the biggest Christmas tree. I don't know if this is still standing. It was like in Dubai and one of the, the, the big hotels in beautiful Dubai, right? In a, in, in, a, in, a, in a wonderful Muslim country. Not here, but in a wonderful Muslim country. Why? Because the Christmas tree is inclusive, which is fine. But as followers of Christ, there has to be a time when we bend the knee that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? 
Everything in your life and everything in the, de in the internal is determined how you answer the question, who do you say he is? The question is not who is Jesus to you, but who is Jesus, right? Jesus, the incarnate God, the God-man, the one is one of the most crucial, critical, and neglected aspects of our theology. People love Jesus as long as we're not too clear who he is. He is not a savior. He's the savior. Jesus Christ is not a way, a truth, and a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way to be reconciled to God except through him. So that's the meaning, right? Jesus Christ is the son of God, the, the king of the cosmos, right? He reconciled us and now he rules and reigns. So then the second M is the miracle, right? Many miracles, many, many Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled at the birth of Christ. How, where, when he was born was all pre prophesied. The virgin birth, the angelic announcements, right? Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23 says, All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to do three things. He came to he came to have my past forgiven so you, I can have a purpose for living and a home in heaven. So the miracles of Jesus should teach us to believe in the apostle, to trust in God's plans, and to seek the miraculous. Amen? Then there's the mess, right? We talked about the meeting. We talked about the miracle. Now let's talk about the mess. God bless this mess, right? Luke chapter two, verse four to eight. And when Joseph was a descent, and because Joseph, the stepfather, was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea during a census, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, Jesus, right? She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in, stri snugly in strips of cloth and laid them in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds laying in the field nearby, guarding a flock of sheep, and that's when the angels appeared to the shepherd, and the shepherd came, right? The shepherd kind of gave the baby shower. <laughs> So I believe there was no room, right? Now, the inn wasn't like Quality Inn Hotel or the W. More than likely, it was like an upper room in somebody in Joseph's family, right? Another room in somebody's family. So it wasn't just that the inn said no. It was Joseph's family that probably said no. And they probably said, who the real baby daddy? They probably thought that Joseph was naive and deceived by Mary, right? That relatives said that maybe they said she could stay, but not in comfort that her woman with a reputation belongs with animals, and that's why she had to give birth among the animals in the manger. There was indifference and discomfort. Were they indifferent when Mary was giving birth, perhaps annoyed by the disturbance? Did they help with the birth, right? They're usually very communal. Or was the family's response marked with discomfort and judgment? The next day, was there awkwardness? How do they feel about hearing baby Jesus cry all day, the human face of God crying? How do they react when the shepherds came all excited? 
And so this is, this is a wild and nuanced scene because God could bless a mess. And God is in a turnaround business. And maybe you were born amongst drama. Maybe your parents was not permitted. Maybe, maybe there was no baby shower. Maybe you had to live uh, in the shelter when you were a baby. Maybe you were born in a house. Maybe you wasn't even born in America. I don't know your story. But I know for whatever reason, God chose to come through poverty, drama, dilemma, and he's a God who can relate. He can relate to those who grew up in the projects. He can relate to those who grew up in poverty. He can relate to those who had a dramatic family. And the simplicity of Jesus' birth settings teaches us that we can find beauty in humble beginnings. The overcoming challenges of faith, right, what Mary and Joseph experienced can encourage us to that when we face our challenges, we can face it with faith and resiliency. Our past don't define our present nor our future. It teaches us we can welcome the unexpected. The unexpected nature of Jesus' birth reminds us to be open to the unforeseen and to find hope in it, that God is in, in charge. You know, Jesus never mentioned his birth. He never mentioned poverty in his messages. It didn't define them and refine them. And so I just want to encourage you. May you find a blessing in the mess of Christmas. So we talked about the meaning, the miracle, the mess. Now let's finish it with the message and the mission. Jesus, the incarnate God, came to reconcile us and to reign as the king of the galaxy. Christmas celebrates Jesus' birth, God incarnate who brings salvation, love, and hope. As Christians, we share this joyous news, embracing and spreading his message of peace, reconciliation, and eternal life for all. And how do we do this? Right? We, we, we get spirit-filled and spirit-spelled. We build relationships. We foster meaningful connections with others, showing Christ's love through hospitality, engagement, mirroring the, the relational and miraculous nature of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and letting the word renew our minds and letting worship rewire our DNA. How do we do it? We have gospel conversations, right? Jesus healed this one man, and he said, I don't know all the details. All I know, I was once blind, and now I can see. And this is why I have all these prompts, right? Because I want to give you prompts to engage in thoughtful discussions regarding the significance of Jesus, uh, how how your, your church membership enriched your life, right? And to link it to contemporary life and personal faith. How can, we, how can we do this message and mission? Through acts of service and generosity. Share your network. Demonstrate selfless love of Christ through acts of kindness, service, generosity, reflecting Jesus' mission of serving others. Right? Holy, helpful, hopeful. So in conclusion, this Christmas, let's delve deeper into the meaning. Let's stay in awe of the miracle. Let's find grace in the mess. Let's spread the message, right? Spread love is the Brooklyn way, right? Let's spread the message and let's live out this mission. Heavenly Father, 
as we reflect on the five M's of Christmas, Christmas, help us to eternalize these lessons in our lives. May we embrace humility, believe in your miracles, find beauty and simplicity, live reconciled lives, and diligently fulfill your mission. Guide us in spreading hope and love and the true message of Christmas through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.